Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We are so glad that you could join us live today. And today's date is August 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Greg Messina, and if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah. We want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments. And of course, we bring back our uptime panel, and we bring back Brother Robert Hagen and... Uh, Good evening. Brother Kevin Hookman. Hello. And Brother Bob Barber. Hey, everybody. Hello, gentlemen. Brothers, thank you for coming back on. Uh, I hope you had a great week. Um, Bob, we've been talking a little bit uh, backstage about uh, certain things in terms of health uh, issues you've been going through. And, you know, we've been lifting you up in prayer. And certainly uh, you can feel free to share um, what's been going on with you, uh, with the audience? You talking to me, uh, Robert? Oh, oh yeah, Robert Hagen. Yeah, oh, and then I, yeah, okay. and then Kevin. Uh, uh, do you want me to go through that? I don't know if I want to. Well, just been, I just had a little bit of a setback and some, yeah, just some issues yeah. with my knee. Um, had some surgery done on it. It looks like I'm going to have to go back in and have it redone, but. I'm still praising the Lord. I, you know, it's things happen. I'm, you know, we at least we live in this in a day and time where we can have that kind of stuff done. So, you know, I, if it, this was hundreds of years ago, I'd be in trouble. But, but now I'm, you know, I'm going to be okay. And but I, I appreciate the prayers of the of you guys and prayers of the folks that are that are in the chat tonight. You know, there's a lot of people. I was just checking it. There's a lot of people that are that are going through stuff right now, Greg. And uh, we, we're always, uh, you know, we think about you guys. We just don't, we don't take you guys for granted. We're conscious of your comments and um, uh, prayer is a, is a, is, is one of those things that you just can't forget to do. It's really important. And, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm going to be okay. It's been kind of a, a little bit of a difficult day, but, Everybody has times, you know, there's bumps in the road, especially when you drive to Fargo. <laughs> a lot of bumps in the road down there. Yeah. No, even... I didn't mean, yeah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just wanted no, that's, to, that's, uh, that's, you know, okay. you didn't have to get into detail. I just know no, that there's I... certain things that, you know, sometimes we uh, we can open up about so we can receive prayer from, uh, you know, yeah. from the other brothers and sisters in Christ. And we all we all appreciate that. And, We're uh, real people and we have real problems. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that right, Barbara? That's right. Real people with real problems. And, of course, the good news is, spiritually, we are as pure as the Lord, as being born again spiritually sealed and rapture ready till the day of redemption. And it's sure getting hot up there right now. I'm not talking about the temperatures. I'm talking about what's going on in the Middle East, what's going on here around this country, around the world. And uh, a lot of tribulation narratives starting to really warm up right now. And that rapture resurrection, wow. I tell you what, we talked about last week. Um, if we go, and I can see it happening, if we go all the way to Rosh Hashanah, okay, and here's my reasoning for that. It's because the Bible says, or Apostle Paul said, at the last trump, we shall be changed. At You know, there's some weight there, isn't it, Kevin? 
about the Feast of Trumpets at the last trump. There is no last trump in any, involved in any other uh, feast days in the spring. You could spiritualize it in there, but there is a literal last trump that ends the Feast of Trumpets after right. Rosh Hashanah is a two-day sure. feast. A sure. literal sure. last trump. And if we are in a uh, Jubilee year, we could see another last trump at the Day mm-hmm. of Atonement. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if we're still here at the feast, after the Feast of Trumpets, then we got all the way to the Day of Atonement. And you know what? I think the Day of Atonement would be a really good day, and here's why. It's because that's when God initiates the wrath on the earth. You got you got pre-wrath, the wrath of the Lamb, and then comes the wrath of God, okay? And when God removes his bride, when he removes the body of Christ, that's going to pour out wrath on the whole earth. That's wrath. You're talking about people being removed from important places, being removed from cars, trains, and planes, and automobiles. Mm. <laughs> I had to say that. But um, removed <laughs> from different places of importance, like running machinery or running equipment or whatever. Okay? And when that happens in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, that's going to pour out wrath right there because what will come from that, okay, cars crashing, that whole thing, we all know about that. But on top of all that, all the um, all the aftermath that comes from all those people disappearing. And it's going to be a gridlock around the whole world. Cars, it's just going to be cars going everywhere, people trying to get to the loved ones, trying to find people. It's going to be gridlocked. Every highway in the world will be gridlocked. You won't be able to go anywhere. And not to mention the EMP that might come along with it. You won't be able to drive your car. So, man, I tell you what. Maybe we could go, and nobody wants to hear it as I get it, but hmm. we could go to the Day of Atonement, okay? And that could happen because that would be God's wrath immediately on the earth. You know, on top of all that, you have all the saints being removed, and we're changing, and it's dangerous to be around us when we change from mortal immortality. Hmm. There's something about that. <laughs> you know, it left an imprint on that uh, Shroud of Turn, supposedly, okay, when we changed right there. And they measured that that kind of power can level a city. Wow. Okay. So that's just from one person. So yeah. So a lot of things happening right now. And just just to mention one of the news uh, stories going on right now is Great Britain is joining the war now with uh, with uh, in um, Ukraine now. So more mm-hmm. and more countries are getting involved. Okay. Yep. North Korea is getting involved. We're already involved. <laughs> so we this thing is really, really laying out the way it's supposed to right before the tribulation begins and running its course like it should for the first three and a half years of the semi-tribulation, supposedly beginning at the end of next month. Hmm. Interesting. How's that for an intro? Well, I also wow. saw that uh, China is also getting more involved, too. And um, just this week, there was an assassination in Russia, right? Mm-hmm. So um, remember what that's what kicked off World War One. Uh, it was an assassination. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, and the simple fact too is that United States continues to write blank checks to Ukraine, right? I think there was just a, yet another seven seven hundred million or something. Seventy it's, million. It's funny. Know, a lot of money. Yeah, it's funny money though. It's nothing to back it. Well, you know what though? It's still it's still coming out when you when you have your paycheck and you have taxes taken out of it. Some of that money is being used for oh, that. Sure. Um, and and in addition to that, 
it's also, I, I believe, a couple of our systems, our defense systems, are actually depleted by one third now. That since we've done this, and there's some like Stinger missiles and stuff that actually aren't even in production anymore. That would need to get back ramped up, and they said it would take 18 months to ramp up. Um, somebody was talking about that earlier today, and they said that let's just say, uh, you know, we're supposed to send some more defense missiles to Taiwan, but we can't because it's going to Ukraine instead. So, I mean, if China were to invade uh, Taiwan. I mean, they're not going to be as, as, as defended as much as they could have been by us. It's not like we're going to help them out in any way. So that's that could set off another war um, between those countries and then maybe mm. some tacit response from us or other countries. But, I mean, I think the whole point, Bob, is that we're seeing the world just starting to get farther away from rumors to, of wars and closer to wars. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what it looks like to me is that is is that, you know, the, the rumors of wars between Iran and and Israel and, of course, Hezbollah and Israel, Hamas and Israel. Those have been some minor skirmishes over the years. Thirty four day war, I guess, in 2006. But they're mostly rumors and there's minor skirmishes. But there's going to be, there are going to be big wars that are going to occur. I mean, the Bible says that they're going to happen. And it seems like every day we get closer to the realization from, to those wars rather than farther away from it. True. didn't surprise us, right? Mm -hmm. I think this Ukrainian thing, you know, I've got my opinions on this Ukrainian thing. I think this is, this, this whole thing is going on there. It has to do with, with um, human trafficking and money laundering. I think it has a lot to do with that. I mean, people can say what they will about, you know, the, how horrible Russia is. And I'm not a big, huge fan of Putin. I'm not going to be waving a Putin sign a flag on here or anything like that. But it just seems like they just keep pouring money into there. And there's been reports of, of child trafficking and different things we know that go on around the world and a lot of this border stuff is going on in the United States has to do not only with the drugs but the the trafficking and it's something you hardly ever hear about it's always the how bad you know the horrible Russians are doing this and this Zelensky guy is supposed to be such a saint I, I don't buy that for one millisecond I'm sorry he they can put him on a on Time Magazine, on Newsweek, I'm, they could put them on Sports Illustrated, and I don't care. I, I don't buy it one bit. Well, you know, some of those things that you're talking about are behind the scenes kind of thing. And what I was pointing out was actually something that you can see, and that is the United States is becoming weaker. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. didn't mean to. I didn't mean to to discredit what you were saying. No, it's I'm not that, discrediting what you're saying. No, it's just, just like a, it's just it, it's a shame that you know we're. When, when you become a representative for the United States, when you become president or a senator, you're supposed to defend and uphold right. the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. Yeah. And, you know, the ones that are domestic, we, we can't handle even that. You know? No. And we're, we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to be the policeman for the world. And at the time, our military is getting weaker. And our border is poor. 
chorus, and I've even heard that that what uh, this um, what's that guy's name? What's the what's the Homeland Security guy? I can't think of his name right now. Mayorkas. Yeah, Mayorkas is it, he? They're trying to move, have a move to where they they get rid of all the border agents. Have you heard that? That was something yeah. that was on the news, so that mm-hmm. the border's going to be completely open. Are they going to get rid of? Get rid of all the border agents, but they're, they're, they want to get rid of all the border agents, but they're okay with hiring you know, 80,000 agents yeah. that are <laughs> them and have training them to invade your house. And then you they know, lie they, to us and say that they're not going to target you, right? Oh, right. They've yeah. already targeted a uh, Amish <laughs> farmer. They're already at work. Uh, they went to an Amish farmer and they threatened them. So you better stop they making did. meat. You better yeah. stop growing food. Because you're, we have no part of your business. You're, yeah. you're independently making food for this community, and we don't have any part of it. You better oh, yeah. shut it down. If you don't, yeah. you'll get a three hundred thousand dollar fine. Yeah, if you're so a small you, business you, owner, you have a target. You have a big target on your. You do, and they want us to believe that they just hired eighty-seven uh, agents for every billionaire in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I yeah. just, you know, no one's buying that. And then they, they lied about the raid too, and the White House said that they knew nothing about it, and yet today memos come out and say that they were in coordination. So what can you believe anymore from, from, from these people? And when they tell you, like, going back to Ukraine, they tell you, oh, this is for democracy. This is to save democracy. It's like, whose democracy are we? I mean, we're certainly not saving ours. I mean, ours I is going that, down the tank. I think one of the things that Bob brought up, I, I might have even been last week, um, about the uh, 87,000 IRS agents. Uh, you know, help me if I, my memory may be fading here a little bit, but you were saying something about you think that a lot of the illegals are going to be hired as, as oh, uh, it's, it's um actually, yeah. if, if, you, if you didn't notice, they had 85,000 Afghan men, military age, that they transferred over after the debacle in Afghanistan. Oh, they left about, you know, 30,000 Americans there. They transferred 80,000 or 85,000 military age men to our country and spread them out over the country. Yeah. There's your 80,000 agents yeah. right there. Wow. And okay. here's the thing. They don't care about your rights. Okay. They'll, they'll be willing to step over those lines because they don't know nothing about democracy. They don't know nothing about our constitution. All they know is what their God tells them to do, who is Allah, Satan, that it tells them, hey, we need to create world havoc all around the world to usher in the Mahdi, to usher, their, usher yeah. in their false messiah. And they need global chaos. And this is why Biden is bringing them over here. Now, hey, you guys want chaos? We can use you guys. Oh, we can hire you. We can give you guns, give you money, give you housing, give you Walmart cards, anything you want. We'll give you authority. Oh, you're going to love it. Come on over. You know, well, certainly plenty of ammunition in the IRS. I mean, yeah. it seems like that they're armed to the teeth. Uh, and what for, for why? I, I didn't think the IRS, you know, had had that much, you know, uh, militaristic, uh, you know, actions in the past. I don't remember, like, you know, IRS raids going in and 20 people dead. But, I mean, why do they need all this ammunition? Why? I mean, why are they stocking? Why are they the most heavily armed of any of these? They're more more heavily armed than the Israeli military. And here's why I believe they're they're coming here, and this is why they're arming. And, by the way, this is only the first wave. I heard they're going to hire, like, two or 300,000 of them. It's going to be all over the country. And I think it's 
because they want to enforce these carbon tax rules. Mm. All this carbon stuff. They want to be able to enforce all of it. And when they have uh, martial law, they need, need, need these guys That's a good point, going bro. around doing, doing, yeah. doing their bidding who are That's... anti-constitutionalists. Here's the other mm-hmm. thing, too. They're bringing in carbon taxes, and they're also bringing in a digital system. That's what I believe they're doing. They're going into your house, and they're not they, – these guys don't know – they can't add two and two together. They can't. They're dumb. But they are trained to shoot you, and they're trained to argue with you. They, they can't do taxes. They don't know nothing about taxes. These are just people they're training with military skills, okay? And they're going in there for one reason, to take stuff. Just like this whole thing with Trump, it's just a uh, – it's a, it's a feeler gauges. Smoke screen. If we could do it to him, we could do it to you. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing I believe they're coming for. I believe they're coming for three things. One, your gold and silver. Two, any Bitcoin you have on flash drives. And three, they're coming for your guns and ammo. Okay, they're going to take all that stuff out of your house. They want to get rid of gold and silver so that way you're, you're, you're tied to digital. So when the market, the B starts rolling out all that stuff, you got no choice. They'll take away your Bitcoin, all your hard drives. That's what they did before. But Trump, they take away our hard drives from people's homes. They think that maybe you got Bitcoin stored on there, so they're going to take that. And, of course, take away your guns and ammo, so that way you can't fight off the next wave coming through. You know what's interesting about that is that is that that's got, like, Fourth Amendment implications, right? And the oh, yeah, funny over. thing is is that that's what Trump is suing the FBI mm-hmm. about. is like this is an illegal search and seizure. And yeah. I mean, certainly having FBI agents come into your home and taking your Bitcoin, I would consider that illegal. But I mean, I guess it's only illegal if they say that it is because well, they have the rules, right? Yeah, they may have they may have a bill, emergency bill yeah. put in. Like a, in what about play, an emergency because all we need is a false flag. Right? All you need is a false flag, even to have all this stuff initiated, and they can get away with it scot free. But could, know, they, uh, could they link that to what Bob was talking about and have it be like under an emergency climate to that situation sure. where it's just like like everything that, basically falls within this emergency? Sure, sure. It would make sense to me if I was in charge of this whole thing and I was trying to push digital and make sure I put the hammer on every American to use this digital, I would take away every option that they have. That's why I would send these guys in, take their gold, take their Bitcoin, take their guns and ammo so they can't fight. All right. And anything else. This is why when they invaded Trump Mar-a-Lago, the, the search warrant it was very broad. Yeah, it was so everything way, within the four yeah. years of his presidency. Yeah. If it's a piece of paper, take it. It's like, if it looks like a hard yeah. drive, take it. If it's, it's January, January of 2017 and January 2021. And then they came out. Right. The guy. Um, the, now I need your help, Robert. The the um, the DOJ guy. Uh, Garland. Mayorkas. No, <laughs> no. No. Garland. Garland comes out and says, oh, it was a narrow scope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, that's what makes me, like, laugh because everything that they say, it's exactly the opposite. So that's why I don't, I don't consider this emergency climate thing to be out of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. because it's just so out there. It's like the reason why we need to take your Bitcoin, Robert, is because – of climate change. And oh, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, say because you can't, I mean, how'd you get that Bitcoin? Somebody mined it. I mean, if it wasn't you, it was somebody else. So you're close to that. And therefore you're raising the carbon output. I mean, it's, it's like, you'd think of like the dumbest thing, but that's the thing they're going to go for. And they're going to be like, okay, everything now is related to climate and you can't put it past them because I mean, they do, 
they lie and they say the opposite all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Bob was Bob was saying something about the uh, Amish an Amish farm was. Yeah, did you hear about that guy? Recently, but you know, the, the, if you if you've ever dealt with the Amish people, and I know you you probably have some up in Indiana, don't you? Because mm-hmm. I know yeah. in, in Virginia they make, good, when, they make really good heaters and yeah. great donuts. Yeah, and they're they're uh, they're <laughs> nice. they're, they're pretty I for the most the part. They're hardworking, gentle people. Mm-hmm. They're not the type of people that are that are gonna. Yeah. They're going to put up a big fight, but at the same time, they're very community oriented and they're very, very tight knit groups. So, you know, it's, I don't know, you know, you're, 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 you're messing with Papa and Mama Bear when you start messing with those communities. We we are. Yeah, we know Shane. We know Shane. We know. Okay. We are woke. We are definitely awake. We're not woke, but we are, we are, we have woken up a long time ago. Um, but you know, the thing is, is like they, they consider people threats, just like what you're talking about that aren't, I mean, they called parents domestic terrorists. I mean, they're going after the wrong people. And yet the people who are actually committing crimes and knocking people over the head and killing people or attempting to kill people, they're saying, Oh, it's just a little misdemeanor and you're free on, you know, no cash bail. It's like, it's just, it's just what the Bible says. It's just like upside down world, Right where it's just everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes and this lawlessness will increase. And that's, you know, just all these things that we mention every week is, is, is the reason why I think it's easier to believe that the Bible is true today than ever before, because you can see it coming to pass. You can you have no excuse at this point. You can't say that this Bible is just a myth. There's nothing in there that's, that's true. It's like, all these things were talked about thousands of years ago, and we're seeing these things play out like never before. And I think that's mm. the thing too: is that mm. on this level, it's never and it's never really been like this. No, and it so, hasn't. No. Yeah, when you have the ex CIA director call Trump supporters the worst than Al Qaeda terrorists, now we have a problem. Was that Brennan? Yeah. Oh, that Who guy. So if you got that's what's going on now. It's we are, you know, if you don't if you don't think that we're at war right now, we're in a civil war here in this country right now. It's not it's not guns north versus south like it was. It's a different type of civil war, it's a cold war. Okay, it's a war of words. Yep. Right? He's using those are those are fighting words, my friend. Sure. You're calling me a terrorist, you calling my family, you calling my sons a terrorist just because we like what Trump did. Okay. They do that every. They do that all the time. They call uh, extremists. I mean, they've been doing it since they called deplorables, even before that. But I mean, now they're getting to the point where it's like anybody who ever thought about even supporting the forty fifth president is is just you know is is a terrorist in their in their eyes, and they're dangerous to them. And they're with it. And and the people who are conservative, no, even if you didn't vote for Trump or not. They're just, I mean, anybody who has a contrary view to what they have, just in any respect, on any issue, call it abortion or immigration or uh, civil justice or, uh, you know, supporting Ukraine is another one. I mean, you saw all the Ukraine flags starting to pop up on people's, uh, you know, banners. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. So it's just like the it's like the um, the fruit of the day. Right. And, and 
like what's going to be the next one? You know, it's going to be like, you know, whatever cause comes up next, everybody's into it. And it's, and of course all these fake stories come up. Like Jesse Smollett, for example, was one of those things. Oh, all of a sudden everyone's like, Oh, it's maggot country. And everyone talked about that. And then the next thing you know, is like, Oh, you know, the, the, these guys are, um, uh, are, are putting nooses up in NASCAR. And then, so they have to go down and have a slow parade for this guy. When in fact it was a, it was a pole hook, a pole uh-huh. for, for a garage. And it's like, these people are jumping on these things all the time and they are wrong every single time, Greg, they are wrong every time. And why is it that we can see that like day one or day two at the most, and yet they're perplexed. And even when it comes out, they still deny it. Mm-hmm. Are they, have their minds gone yeah. that much? Are they just have that debased no. mind that they just it's cannot like, deal with it's propaganda, Kevin. It's like Goebbels in World War II. You know, you you repeat a lie long enough and people believe it. Mm-hmm. During World War II, they used to have, my mom, is in, my mom was from Belgium. And the Germans occupied Belgium for four years. And in the movie theaters, they would always show these reels of the fatherland and how victorious they were. They, they kept showing those. They show those all the way through the end of the war, even though even when they started to lose and lose badly. You know, they didn't portray D-Day as being a, a something that was a victory for the Allies. It was opposite. Right. But they kept repeating it. You keep saying that over and over again. Yeah. Even to even to the very end, Hitler was saying that they, that the that the Third Reich was going to come back and win. Yeah, they were going to they were going to. They were it. they were three months away from having the A bomb. The bomb, yeah, or three or two, four. I don't know how long it was, but that's true. I mean, they, they were, but you know, if, if we came on here, I mean, we lied all the time about stuff hmm. after a while. Well, we wouldn't be on here doing that, but I'm just using that as a far out example. Sure, eventually, people are going to start believing it. There are people that come on here, you know, there are people that make comments here that are that are very negative. I don't read a lot of them, but you know, I know you guys are. But at the same time, but at the same, but at the same time, what what we're trying to present by being on here is uh, some solutions, you know, some uh, some answers. And we've all found that it's in the Lord Jesus Christ, and making Him the Lord and Master of our life. And if somebody comes on here and says that they don't believe it, that's their opinion. Well, you yeah, led you led, me, you led this right to where I wanted to say right before this, and that was even the church, even the church that is saying things that are lies, like you just said. You said, what if we four started saying lies enough they would believe the truth? Well, what about churches that are, totally in, into the world and are basically taking up the causes that the left and the world has and making them their own as well. Right. What about, what about turning churches into uh, vaccination centers? Well, I saw Farage, uh, I watched JD Farage the other day and he, yeah. me- he, he mentioned that the, that's one of the things that's going to be starting up here in the not too distant future. What about uh, the FEMA? The FEMA is going to have the, uh, you know they're going to have stadiums and they're going to have hospitals and one of the places with they're they're going to 
uh, take over and use for for vaccine is going to are going to be churches. I mean, yeah, this that's not, not the church I go to. <laughs> what about the, what about churches that just, that just shut down? They were saying, right. "Oh, you need to shut down. You need to close yourself down." Oh, okay, fine. It's yeah. like what, whatever happened to the First Amendment? You know, right. they just they just like bowed down and said, "No problem." I mean, and, well, and that's just them, that's just like the did. minor part of it. That's not even the hard stuff yet. We're not even, we're not even mentioning that. Like how they've actually turned away from the gospel itself, turned towards works. That's probably the worst part. That's heresy. That's just flat out heresy. And then in addition to that, they've also brought up causes in regards to all kinds of things. Like I'm not even going to say it because it's just so ugly. Yeah. But 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 yeah. but that is the state of the church right now. And and you know what, uh, JD Farag is absolutely correct in saying that is because. If we came on here and started talking lies and stuff like that, we one of us would call each other out. We would not allow that to happen. Yet in those churches, they are allowing it to happen. Yes, some people do leave those churches, but there are still plenty of people that are still in those churches that are continuing to support them. Well, the problem was um, when COVID came out, it actually conditioned some of these churches. It bought off some of these churches, not all of them. But there are quite a few of them that got bought off and say, hey, man, we're coming here. You can only have 10 people. And they, the government got in there and say, hey, we don't want to get shut down. But they won't start listening to us. Okay. Mm-hmm. And these churches were basically bought out during COVID. And now you have the World Economic Forum. They're rolling out a policy right now, just yesterday. Uh, I forgot the name of it was called. But basically, it's the, basically what they're trying to do is normalize chipping of people. Chipping of people and especially children. So basically now, yeah, the World the Economic again. Forum, which yeah. is basically made of a bunch of Luciferians, are conditioning the masses for the mark of the beast right now. And, you know, when they went through that dry run of COVID with the whole shot to the arm and everything, that was just them, you know, testing everything. Say, who's going to submit? Who's going to comply? All right. And who's over here? Who These people, oh, they're not complying? Okay. Or right, we'll, we'll figure out how, what we're going to do with them the next, on the next wave. They're terrible. We're figure out what to do with them. You know, and this is why, once again, it's getting um these 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 agents that uh Biden is bringing in, they're building an army here, guys. It's an army they're building right now. We're going to deal with our own 100 million or 200 million man army in this mm-hmm. country. OK, because they brought in all those illegals and most of them are military age men. What are they going to have them do? You know, if I was bringing them in here and I was going to take down this country, I just want to send them somewhere without them doing something for me in return. Hey, if I'm going to bring you over here, you're going to fight for me. I don't care about your vote. I just need you to fight. We're not going to have an election. Push our laws and enforce our laws. Okay? And that's why they're bringing all these illegals over here now. They're getting taxpayer-funded phones. They're getting taxpayer-funded health care. They're getting taxpayer-funded tuition. I mean, what what has this country become? I mean, Bob, this is what I do. I pray that I'm worthy to escape all of these things that are coming because when we when we talk like this, we just it just adds up. I mean, there's just so much that is that can go wrong so quick. And, um, you know, if we if we're here for some of that, wow, that's that's going to be rough. But I mean, that's like the tribulation is totally a whole different story, too. And it kicks it off. Like you said, um, but just before that, don't know exactly how much time between, but could be the same day, could be years. I mean, Bill Salas believes that it could be years. 
Um, some other people believe it could be the same day. But the point is, is that the rapture is going to kick off just chaos at that point. Yeah. Like you mentioned earlier. Well, the fact that there's so many, there's so many prophecies in the Bible that came to pass. Okay. Over the last several thousand years. And yeah. they came to pass people with amazing accuracy. Okay, perfect accuracy. And now there are all these prophecies that, that still have yet to be fulfilled. And one of them is, of course, all the prophecies that are fulfilled during Daniel's 70th week. And also the prophecies of the rapture resurrection event laid out in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 17, and also 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 53. Okay, that prophecy has to come to pass. If all those other prophecies came to pass, why not this one? Oh, just because I disagree, Bob. It's the rapture. It doesn't make sense to me. You just want a free ride out of here, don't you? Okay. That, you know, that just makes me, you people, you know, oh, you, you don't want to face the music. All right. <laughs> I thought that Jesus faced the music on the cross. Yeah, I mean, and he's worthy. I know he's worthy. Uh, we know Amen. he's worthy. I, I know I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. No, the, the, only, taken in the, the only way that you can be worthy to escape all these things is if you have him in your life. It's if you have them in your heart, if you have them in your spirit, that's the only way is through Jesus. So you're not going to get there on your own. I mean, you're not going to be able to to get a free ride out of here. It it wasn't free, Bob. He paid the price, okay? Mm -hmm. He paid for us, literally with his own life and with his blood. Mm -hmm. We are a purchase. Robert, you had said something. I can see you're itching. Oh, you're on mute, I think. Can't hear you. Uh, there you are. Yeah, I just uh, it just occurred to me that uh, you, you just brought up Thessalonians, Bob, um, and this is something I shared not too long ago. Was in the first chapter of Thessalonians how Paul was writing, and he's when you get down to First uh, Thessalonians chapter one and verses nine and ten. Um. Those two verses right there kind of kind of paint a picture, don't they? For they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had among you, unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living, the true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Man's basic problem, when you cut away all the baloney and all the shrouds and everything, is they do not believe in the integrity of God's word. The reason they don't believe in the integrity of God's word is because of idolatry. Mm. In this first century and ever since, there's been there's always something to out there to take the place of the living and true God. Mm-hmm. You know, wealth, fame, uh Ferraris or Lotuses. Not that I wouldn't mind having a Lotus. I'd like to have a red one someday. But anyway, I like red. Just, yeah. Um, it just it, there's always going to be something. Temptation. There's going to be. Well, if you do this, we'll give you this. But this is what you have to do in order to do, to get that. Those are idols, and there's there's a myriad of them out there. We're all dealing with different things that we struggle with maybe and a lot of it's mental but we also have to realize that people need to turn to god from idols and a lot of people don't want to 
turn from the idols. You have to turn and you have to go. It's like the prodigal. You have to return to the father. That's why I, I always bring this up when we're on here. That's the most important thing that we're on here to do is to get people to come back to the one true and living God. That's the reason that Bob do, does his videos. That's the reason that Kevin does his stuff. I do mine and Greg does his. And JB, all of us. Because that's the most important thing. It's not having 200 million people watch us or 1,500 or whatever number watch. It's that people will come on here. They're searching for the truth. They'll see something. They'll hear something that'll get them thinking and maybe get them to the point where they'll open this word of God and they'll start looking at it. And maybe for the first time in their life, it'll make sense and they'll pray and they'll, they'll say, you know, as I say, give Jesus a chance. You ask him. And he's not going to go, well, I'm too busy for you right now, Hagen. No, it's a good thing he wasn't too busy for me. He was busy with all my silly garbage I was doing, I'm sure. But <laughs> that's another that's another five-hour program there. But at the same time, I'm thankful that he wasn't. He didn't turn a deaf ear to my need or to Greg's, or to Kevin's, or to Bob's. And and the people that are on there wondering about this, he won't turn a deaf ear to you. Well, how do you know? Because I've proven it and I've seen it, and he's always been faithful. We can all talk about that. I haven't always been faithful, guys. But I know God has. And I had many, 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 many times, over and over and over again, even with the stuff I dealt with today, God was still faithful. You know, Terry and I are driving and taking, when you're, when you're doing any kind of drives, we always pray for travel safety. That may sound corny to some people, but I do it when I get behind the steering wheel. I pray because you just never know. And that's the thing. You shouldn't be one of these things. We're just going to pray once, once a week. No, you should be, the word says to be instant in prayer. But, when you pray to God, he answers your prayers. And even if people are out there thinking, well, you don't know the things I've done in my life. How could how could God love me? Look, if you want to do lists, if you want to compare stuff, we can talk. I don't want to go that route because I've been forgiven. It's like Kev said earlier, Jesus, he's the one that paid the piper. He's the one that he's the one that, that came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He was the ultimate sacrifice to God that God accepted mm. so that we wouldn't have to go through all this baloney. We wouldn't have to sit here and try to work our way to become good enough in God's sight. It, you're just you're never going to do it. It's not available. Mm-hmm. You need to you need to accept the completed work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the, the free gift that we talk about so many times. Amen. And that's the most fantastic savior anybody could have. And I'm preaching yeah. again, but I, I'm sorry. It just, it no, just, let me, uh, it, can it can just, I piggyback it, off of that? Can I piggyback off of that, Robert? Uh, Galatians chapter 4, 6, verse 6 through 10. Galatians 4, 6 through 10. And it says, And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son, Jesus, into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Okay, this one would become born again spiritually. And sealed until the day of redemption, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4.30, 4, 
the moment we believe in the finished works of Jesus Christ for our salvation. Okay. Wherefore thou, <clears throat> wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. No more a servant, but a son. Because now you have the spiritual DNA because you received the spirit. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Fantastic. So it's basically, is you know, some people I want to I want to hear those words, thou thou good and faithful servant. Um, I don't want to be called a servant, I want to be called a son. You guys ever think about that? Yeah. So when he does, there will be servants and then there will be sons. I don't know how that works out. But when it's a thou good and faithful servant, it's a now thou good and faithful son. You probably mm. tell us at the beam of seat judgment, judgment seat of Christ. Mm. Okay. But thou good and faithful servant enter the kingdom by joy. Okay. That you know, you ever think about that? I mean, what do you guys think about that? Because he's addressing a servant. You're a good servant. I don't mm -hmm. call my son a servant. I'll never address my sons as servants. They're my sons. Okay. So there's a difference there. You know, and the fact that we have eternal salvation through the finished works of Jesus Christ, that's the only work that God will accept for your passage into heaven. You can't mm -hmm. make it to heaven without the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit is in heaven. And everybody that has the elements of the Holy Spirit are in heaven. If you mm -hmm. don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't go to heaven. That's Amen. true. Amen. Yeah, if you're if you're an heir of, if you're an heir of somebody, I say I was a an heir to the Rockefeller fortune. I wouldn't go and I wouldn't walk in there as a servant and say, uh, you know, Dad, is it okay if I use the car? <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you go in and you you get the car. I mean, it says in Romans that we're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We're heirs of God. That's a, that's a really good point, Bob. And because sure. that's yeah. that's a and that's because of of the completed work of Jesus Christ. And a lot of people want to say that it wasn't completed. But my my Bible says it was completed. Uh, he said it's and finished. It, and, it, and it was accepted by the Father. Amen. See, this, this stuff is, and it's not that difficult. No. But it's so incredible. It's an unspeakable gift. It's It's free. You know, they say there's nothing free. This is free. Right. Now, it's not always going to be easy to follow Jesus Christ. It's not always going to be smooth to walk with the Lord. But mm -hmm. I'll tell you one thing. You don't have anything to lose. You have everything to gain. And if you're wondering, well, you know, I just don't want to do it now. I'll do it next week after I party for a while longer. I think maybe you ought to reconsider the times that are that we've been talking about. And you ought to. You ought to reconsider that the world is is almost like spinning out of control right now, and there, what what we have is a anchor of our soul. We have a we you know we can say that we have stability um, because of what we believe in. You know, I know we all we all have stuff that we're doing, and sometimes things get difficult, but we can we have each other as as brothers in the Lord and we have our families and we have the community, you know, churches you go to, things like that. But um, what I'm trying to say is it's, it's let's, let's look to the, let's look to him instead of trying to, trying to do all this stuff ourselves. Right, Greg? I mean, we just, 
you and I talk about this quite often. You just can't you can't do this stuff yourself, man. It just it doesn't no, work. It doesn't can't. work. No, and you know what? Everything that we talk about, for the most part, is all dealing with the heart, right? Our hearts toward God. God. So, mm-hmm. all throughout Scripture, it's about the heart, where the heart is. Uh, you know, you think of the scripture also, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart is also, right? There your heart will be also. He's always referring to the heart, you know, and even in these, uh, in this passage here, son, into your hearts, crying, mm-hmm. I'm a father, not in your mind, mm-hmm. in your hearts. And that is such a powerful statement because he, he zeroes in on hearts for a reason. He must zero in on hearts for a reason. And there's something interesting about the heart also, because it's just been realized, uh, not probably within the last decade, I want to say, about uh, the heart actually acting acting as a second brain or a secondary brain. Because um, it's been studied that uh, people who have had heart transplants, and this is, I think, the Institute of Heart Math, you can look it up, have actually... Uh, concluded that there is uh, people who have had heart transplants and would have the memories of those people uh, who've went through traumatic experiences at one point in their lives. And that's only one portion of it. But when when he deals with heart, when he talks about the heart, I believe it's in also a physical sense as well as spiritual, because we're, the heart is connected to something very uh, deep, within our spirit and soul um, it has to be. Uh, and, and, but only God could, can have that act as a secondary brain, which we don't even realize, you know, it remembers, it has a memory, mm-hmm. it contains mm-hmm. a memory. And also it, it, it allows for, uh, for that communication to be real, to be genuine because the mind, uh, our, our brains uh, can be so scattered at times. <laughs> and, and, and it's really, I think, sure. an entrance for the enemy to really do his damage, most of his damage there, um, which I think is another reason I can't prove it, but why he brings in the heart of the matter, why he brings the heart into it in, through, all throughout Scripture so many times. Mm. Well, the mental aspect of things, Greg, you know, every day that, every day that we live, we're bombarded with things. And it, it's like, um, I'm sure Kev can relate to this. You know, when you're when you're doing a, when you're developing a game and you're doing your things, you have to put in the correct information. You know, you can't. You know, you, you're not going. You don't want to put in incorrect stuff. You, it's the same thing with what we're dealing with. Do we want to spend our time dwelling on everything that's negative, or do we want to? Sure, you want to be aware of what's going on around you, but do we want to have in our? I, I believe the mind that when when god designed the mind he designed it to operate most effectually having the word of god in it i don't think mm-hmm. that it was designed for it, it mm-hmm. works best when it has the word of god when you have the word of god in a renewed mind setting it works at best mm-hmm. and it, it's just this just the way it is you know right. um so that you can prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. And when, you know, when we're all scattered around and we, we don't have that stability of having the word, enough word living in us, then we start to 
give up. We start to look to the world. We start to think, well, there's no hope. And then we, you know, we, we kind of go down that, that road of, which a lot of people do. They just, you know, they, they get into drugs and they drink and they do all this other stuff and they try to sedate themselves to get through each day instead of going to the Prince of Peace. Mm. But, you know, as far as the mind goes, it was interesting. And the heart is the seat of the personal, of the seat of the personal life, as Greg was saying there. It's really, you know, the word says, uh, Jesus said many times, you, for the hardness of your hearts, you believe not. You know, why would he say that? Why, why would he say for the hardness of your minds? You know, he says the hardness of your hearts. And, and many times the Pharisees and Sadducees, you know, they came at him and they were angry and they wanted to. Just because they had hard hearts, they were, they didn't, they didn't, he wasn't asking for permission from them to, <laughs> to heal people on <laughs> Sunday or whatever. You know, they mm-hmm. didn't, he didn't go to them and say, hey, I want to heal this guy that was born blind. Well, no, no, you can't do that. It's the wrong day. He went over mm-hmm. there and healed them. Mm-hmm. Can I make a point on that too yeah. about the mind? You know, uh, repentance in the Greek is, of course, metanoia. Okay, and that means to have a change of mind. It means to have a renewed mind. And when we become born again of the spirit, what happens? We receive the mind of Christ. Okay, we receive a different mind. A different mind is given to us spiritually. It's the mind of Christ. That is our repentance. That is our metanoia. That is when we are, people say, repent, repent, repent. That is our repentance. When you have a change of mind, when we receive the mind of Christ, given to us as a gift, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, okay? That mind is given to us as a gift, installed and sealed, okay? That's our repentance, metanoia, change of mind. You're given a different mind. And when you receive the mind of Christ, you start thinking like Christ. When you are, when you come up with something, you, you start thinking what Jesus would do, okay? Ever notice that? We've become even a new believer. Yeah, I might still make the wrong decision, but now, oh, man, i got a conscience about this now. If you look at Ephesians 4, verse 23, it says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This means your mind, you basically have a completely renewed mind. So which means now, going forward through your walk as a Christian, you have the mind of Christ now. And it's not, and it's a spiritual mind, as well as a spiritual heart. Because we're talking about the heart as well. Okay, and we, all, we have a spiritual heart that's also sealed. It's our spiritual being. I don't know if I'm losing it, losing people right now, but uh, yeah. you know. But I think uh, the manifestation of our mic. We have a physical mind here and a physical heart, like uh, Greg was talking about. They both think here in the natural, and they also, you know, unfortunately, they lead us in the wrong direction because it's in a fallen <laughs> body. It's a fallen mind, a fallen heart. But we do have a renewed mind in Christ, spiritual mind, because mm-hmm. once you die, the people who have died left their body. Did they stop thinking? No, that spiritual mind was in full control. That spiritual heart is in full control. They go to heaven, and they came back, and they have memories because their spiritual mind never stops. Okay, so when we come back, and they came back to their body, so now you're in your body with a spiritual mind and a and a physical mind, a spiritual heart and a physical heart. Now, now what what's going on here? Now you're warring with your flesh. Now you're warring with your, your your spirit and flesh are warring against each other. There's a difference. There's an opposition because you got the warring of the minds now, the warring of the hearts. Mm. Now, once mm. again, another manifestation. Of course, uh, 
another manifestation of your salvation. Okay, if you're going through that war right now, folks, that means you're sealed. That means you're going to heaven. That means you're going in the rapture. Yeah, you might have good days. You might have bad days. You might have days when you really win and you're super holy. And then you really bite it the next day. You take a face plant. Okay? <laughs> I, we've all been there. Okay? I know I have. I'm not the only one. Okay? <laughs> so the fact that we're all going through this battle, all right, that's just our, that's just a, that's just way it is with the Christian walk. Yeah. Okay? That's just the way it is. And you know what? We will get better as we move along. We will get a spirit. We'll eventually start, you know, pushing that flesh further and further into a corner. Yes, that flesh will still get some hits in. You're not going to be perfect. But eventually, once the rapture resurrection takes place, that's why Jesus has to address your flesh hmm. at the end of this whole thing. Because now your physical mind and your spiritual and your physical heart needs to be changed so that way it's in alignment with your physical your spiritual mind and your spiritual heart very that's nice. why first nice. corinthians 15 says that we have to put on put off our corruption and put on incorruption right i mean we cannot mm. enter into god's presence with a corruptible body there's just no way that can happen so you can't be raptured without being changed first um right that, that that that's the reason why those two things go together. Some people will try to separate them completely and say that's nothing to do with each other. Well, hold on mm-hmm. a second here. You can't be caught up together with the dead in Christ who rise first if they're if, if you're not changed. <laughs> so you've got to be changed first. Then you can go. Because mm-hmm. uh this this corruption here, this this flesh that we have that is not anywhere like our spirit whatsoever that's why we have this striving that goes on that's why paul always talks about that and says that you know i'm i do the things that i don't want to do the things i do want to do i don't and he's like that's just that's going to happen until the perfect comes and we talk about the perfect and and that's that's ultimately what first corinthians 15 is talking about there is mm-hmm. saying that when the perfect comes, we're not going to have to strive anymore against yeah, our flesh. Right. Well, you is know what? Our, our body, our spirit, and our soul are all going to be, uh, you know, one. And things are going to get worked out very quickly for us. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's um, that's amazing. I I'm looking forward to getting oh. all three of those aligned. Aren't you? Yeah. There you go. You know hey, what? Bob, I got I got a I got a question for you. Sure. You know we're we're talking about you know, having the renewed mind and things like that. I'm sure that not every day of the week that you wake up and say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to put another video together today. I'm sure there are times when you get up in the morning, you think, well, maybe you have a thought, maybe, uh, you know, maybe I've done enough this week or I've done enough for this, for this month. I'm just going to, you know, take a break for a few days and, and uh, just kind of, you know, I, what I'm trying to get at is you have thoughts and, and we all have temptations and thoughts and maybe we should just kind of sit back, you know, I'm getting at and just let things go for a while and then get back to it later. Mm-hmm. We all, we What's all that kind have, of profit you though. We, yeah. yeah. We all have challenges that, that, that we're dealing yeah. with on a daily basis. Like you're saying, kind of step not, away, kind of step away from the work and deal with yeah. all, all the stuff like that. Yeah. Like you know, the like with know. the with the you know with the Bible distribution thing that you're doing and and, and the missionaries well you know I think it's just 
it's getting to be too busy and, and uh, maybe we just ought to ought to take a break from it for a month or so that i know that's not your heart i'm just i'm not put, i'm not saying it you know you don't that. want to take a break from that stuff is when i sleep yeah. <laughs> I mean, you sleep yeah when i sleep you know sleep yeah what are you, what are you sleeping for no i mean but, but back to what you were saying earlier robert which is so you go out and you carouse around and you do this and that well Guess what? The more time you spend doing that, the more loss you're going to suffer. That that is the absolute. I'm going to lay it down right there. That is the absolute 100% truth. You will suffer loss for that period of time because it's not profitable and it's going to get burned up in a fire. And the and the things that you could have done during that period of time, that's the loss that you're going to suffer. And you, you don't you don't want to lose. You don't want to lose. And so that's why we we spend our time and we try to make it as profitable as we can as, as we absolutely can. And it's difficult. You're right. Sometimes you're like, oh, I gotta deal with this over here, or I gotta deal with that. I gotta put this aside and I can't focus on this and which I really want to. And I and I and I get that. But what you can't do, Robert, is go out of your way to not be profitable. And I think that that is a non-repentant spirit inside somebody. And I think that's the difference between somebody who's actually fully repented of their old ways and has said, I'm not going to go back to that no matter what. You know, I'm just not going to do it. And that's why that Paul keeps on reminding us that we need to to have this daily thing that goes on along with us. I mean, that's every day. It's like during, even during the day. And like you said before, pray about it. You know, if you feel like something's coming on you, go into prayer. I'm telling you, it changes things. It changes your whole attitude about things, right? You know what the problem, you know, the problem with this, all that stuff that we're dealing with is our sin nature. Yeah. We are all born with sin nature. And you got people out there, oh, we're saved by our works, saved by our works. I'm, I'm going to walk a holy life. Okay, you know what? If you can walk a holy life, the only one that was holy and perfect was Jesus. And nobody right. else ever was. Okay, the Bible's clear on that. Okay, we all know that. But if you're going to say that you're going to walk a holy life, you know, here's the problem. You got sin nature still. You have a sin nature. The fact that your body gets old and dies, you have a sin nature. So you will not be saved. Well, your sin nature, well, you're saved spiritually. But your your body, your flesh needs to be dealt with. The tug of war. How, and this is how at the rapture resurrection, God deals with your sin nature. Okay. Yeah. And he knows that this, because we have a sin nature, we can never be perfect. We can, you know, the goalpost is Jesus Christ and his works, right? That goalpost is like 25 miles away. I can never kick a football that far. Okay. It's impossible. We can't reach it. Okay. So it has to be given to us as a gift. All right. His our his his perfect nature is imputed into us, like the Bible says. Okay, mm-hmm. and we are given His perfect nature, and that's in our spirit. That why that's why our spirit wars with our flesh. But at the rapture resurrection, our flesh, like Kevin was talking about, the mortal shall put on immortality. Wow, the corruptible boy. shall put on incorruption. Your corruptible <laughs> sin nature will put on incorruptible non sin nature. Hey, so Greg, can you pull up uh, again? Amen. Greg, can you pull up First John three two? Mm-hmm. Because because what happens, Bob, when that when that occurs, is what First John three two says, and it says, "Beloved, now we are we now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what 
we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for Amen. we shall see him as he is. That's right. That is what we're going to turn into, Bob. Amen. We are going to turn into him. I mean, mm-hmm. we are not going to have any more sin in us. It's not going to be found anymore. Wow. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, I mean, that, that, that alone is, is just mind-blowing when you yeah. consider it. Because, I mean, all, all of us, from the days we were conceived, we were born into sin. We don't, none of us know, do not know life without sin. Yeah. We struggle with it daily. We struggle yeah. with it all the time. It's a tug of war every single day. Our spirit strives against our flesh. And yet, one of these days, when we see him, we will not be like that anymore. And it you also says that. here, we shall see him as he is. Yeah. Not as he was. No. Hang, as, hanging on that tree. Right. Nope. But as he is. A glorified. And, and, uh, uh, glorified. On, fire, on fire for Jesus. You just put that up there. Um He's he said that I can't wait to meet my, my all my new family members. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that one you just put up there. That, thank you. You know what's like you know it's like being in the spirit right now, dealing with this flesh. It's like we've it's like carrying somebody, a large person on your back your entire life. Imagine that you always had this person on your back your entire life. You never knew what it felt like to walk and move around with somebody not sitting on your back like that. And either at death, when our spirit leaves our body, okay, for the first time, you get to feel what life is like without, without carrying that huge weight on you. Imagine right. that was you in the, in the natural right now. And for the first time, it's like, okay, we're going to take this person off your back. You've been carrying them around for 30 years. For the first time, we're going to take them off your back. Oh. You're like, yeah. whoa. It's like the firemen. We used to do this drill in football called, called the fireman's carry. That was what we would do at the end of practice, where you'd have to pair up with some guy and you'd have to carry him forty yards. That sounds terrible. It was. That's oh, totally terrible. Good times, man. But it got you. Yeah, <laughs> but it got you strong, didn't it? It got you in shape. Yeah, and then as soon as he was off, you were like, "Okay, now I can just do anything, right?" Yeah. It's like when you go out and and, and you're going to play a round of golf, right? And you get up in there and you take a couple of clubs and you swing it, and you got a couple of them in your in your hands, and you're like that, and then you're throw one of them out and you get to the T and you're like, you know, like really fast. Cause you're like, Oh, there's the weight's been lifted. Yeah. That's kind of, mm-hmm. I, I, I see what you're going at, Bob. That's what we're going to feel. The, the weight of the sin that we have on us every day is going to be lifted off us completely. Oh man. Amazing. I mean, Amazing. And, and, and because of what Jesus did on the cross 2000 years ago, not, not for what we did today or what he even did today. He did it 2,000 years ago. It is finished. It, I mean, it, it was done. I mean, it, it's it's like you don't have to work toward that. You cannot work toward that, as we said. And so, so many people will, will put Jesus on the cross and hang him around their neck. And it's mm-hmm. like, what, what, are you, what are you trying to achieve there? I don't understand that part. Or they'll put him up in, in, their, in their church. And he'll see still on the cross. Well, you know what? My Jesus, he's not on the cross, okay? He was on the cross. And you know what he did? He finished his mission at the resurrection, not on the cross. He paid for our sins, and then he rose again so that we could have eternal life. Those two things go together, and that's why in 1 Corinthians 15, it says both 
that he died and that he rose. Th those two things are very important. You can't just finish the story on the cross. No. The cross is extremely important. Obviously, it's, it's, it's paramount to everything. That's where sin was defeated. But, you know, where eternal life was, 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 def uh, was created, right there at the resurrection. And that's why it's so important, because without the resurrection, we believe in vain. What do we have yeah. to live yeah. for at that point? You can a lot of amens to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what's next for us? So our sins are forgiven, and then what? Darkness yeah. and blackness forever? No, eternal life through the, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is going to be in us as well, a resurrection that's to come. Those are very important things to understand. And then you get those, you, you get resurrection by believing what he did in his uh, death and resurrection. You do that and you, and you receive eternal life. It is not, I mean, people make it, try to make it so difficult to, to, for this. Don't they, Robert? It's like, yeah, sure it's does. amazing how, yeah. like how deep and how crazy they try to get in order to make this when it actually is very simple. Yeah. I'm glad you're here tonight, Kev. Well, thank you. I'm you, glad you're, you're really, here. you're really, <laughs> you really get fired on all eight tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you started it because oh, yeah. you know how, you know what I do when someone starts preaching here, then yeah. I start, I start doing it too. So, I mean, because you know why? Cause it gets me fired up because I love the fact that the Lord, Christ Jesus did this for for yeah. me and for you and for all of us. It, be, it 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 makes me think and appreciate His Majesty so much more when we when, when we just talk about what He and, did. And for to us. be thankful, yeah, for the did He lay down His life? Yeah, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. He, you know, no greater love at the man that He would lay down His life for His friends. There's a verse in there somewhere that says that. Yeah, it's amazing, and and it's 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 something uh, like you were just saying. It's it's the it's not only the death, but it's the it's the resurrection, and yeah, and that's and he's the proof that this is the truth. Amen. And you know what he's also the proof of that God is love, right? That God is love. That's that that that's what kicked all this off. That's what created all of this. Yeah, Greg just. Pull that up. Greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. We're his friends. We're yeah. we're co heirs with him. Yeah. It's, Amen. So isn't that a, isn't that the type of master? Isn't that the type of savior that you'd like to serve? I mean, well, we're yeah, talking about I mean, serving. You know, we're our life. You know, ministry means service. I mean, being a son is. I mean, we're we're still in service um you know with the things that we do but at the same time it was interesting what bob was saying earlier about um a good and faithful son yeah. um you know it's it's something i you know i never i never really even thought about that and i've been i've been around this word of god for a lot of years and never really thought about that it's kind of fascinating because it says we're heirs of god and joint heirs of christ jesus mm-hmm so it's like we're, and it also says that we're written on his, the palms of his hand. So we're always in front of him. You know, we're always it's just, this stuff is not, it's not some fairy tale, folks. It's, it's real. This is, this is the truth. No, and it's obvious. And, and it's, it's, it's has to be simple, Kevin. 
for it has to be simple for this old California boy to understand it. Has to be simple and it has for to be simple for everybody. Yeah. And it has to be a free gift because we couldn't have accomplished what Jesus Christ accomplished. And he was it was accepted to the Father yeah. what he did. I mean, this is the yeah. greatest love story in the history of mankind. Yep. If and you, that gift you, it is. And that gift, what that gift, what what does that gift do? It takes care of our spirit. It does away with the sin nature from our spirit, seals right. us the day of redemption, and then deals with the sin nature of our flesh. Yep. Okay. On, on the you, day of the rapture, resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how good you think you are, how many laws you, uh, how many uh, six hundred thirteen laws of Moses that you can keep, and everything you're doing. You even if you were able to keep all those laws, you're you still have a sin nature. You do. You're still a throwaway still. Then you got to give all your possessions and everything away to the poor. And that's what Jesus yeah. told that guy. He's like, I've committed, I, I never committed any sin. I have kept all the commands. He's like, all right, fine. I know you're rich. Go give everything to the poor. He's like, well, I can't do that. It's like, well, well then you have no part. Then you have no part with me. You know, that's just Amen. like, it's, it's impossible for a human to get all the way there unless you're all human and all God. And there's only one who ever was that. And that's Jesus. And he is. So it's 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 uh, you have to rely on him. There's no way you're going to be able to get there on your own. You have to. And, and and listen, God is so much love that the fact is is that all of us who are sinners from the day that we were born, He's going to accept us as His sons. I mean, He's going to change us, and there's no condemnation in Him. I mean that that's that that's what's amazing. Like for humans, Bob, when somebody sins against you, you're like you're ticked. Yeah. I mean, you're not happy at all. There's a, there's condemnation that comes out of you right away. You know, you're you're more than than not you personally. But I'm just saying, as a human, when someone sins against you, you're not happy about it, and you go, "How dare you?" Blah blah blah, or whatever you condemn. But God doesn't do that, you see, because He is pure love. That's and th- and you know what? We are going to be like Him, so we are going to be pure love. I mean, we don't even understand what that means. I think. I think you. I think you hit on it. That one word you just used, Kevin, rely. Yeah. Rely upon him. Have to. You know, it says, uh, come, you know, come to him, you that are he- uh, heavy burdens and, um, you know, labor and heavy burden. And I will give you rest and take my yoke upon you for my, my yoke, yoke is easy and my burden mm-hmm. is light. We have yokes in our life. We have burdens, but. You know, we we could be yoked together with the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I tell you right now, I, I just, I'm just always so blessed. Amen. Uh, you know, and I, I guess, you know, from the stuff that happened to me this morning, I could blame the doctor. I could, you know, be mad at him because of what happened with the surgery. I can be mad at him. Mm. I, I, he's a good guy. You know, he, you know, he, he's not, he's not perfect. No one's perfect. Yeah. Things mm-hmm. happen, but at the same time, let's. You know, let, let's um, try to realize that we can be yoked together with the master. You know, Amen. I think it's been it's been good tonight because we've been talking a lot about this and everybody's been kind of it, it's amazing because we don't have a script when we come on here. Do we, Bob? Nope. You know, I don't I don't nope. communicate with Bob and, and send him a script and Kevin and Greg. We don't do that. Yeah. You probably couldn't read my writing anyway if I did it. So, but at the same time, we don't do that, and we come on here, and somehow, the Lord always seems to put this together, um, 
I believe he puts it together in a uh, the type of conversation where people can get a lot out of it. And I always do, and it always reminds me of how thankful that I should be every day instead of going, you know, oh, you know, I, I, I'm in pain right now sitting here. But at the same time, I'm thankful, and I'm still going to praise the Lord for the yeah. for the opportunity to be with you guys on a Tuesday night. Mm. Um, you know, Greg coming on here and having this after he's worked all day. You guys have worked all day. Now, I was off today, but, you know, a lot of times I, I work on Tuesdays, too. And we're, we're here, and uh, if there's, you know, I know that there's people out there that that need prayer and and uh, know that we we think about you the people that are on the chat room um we pray for you and and uh there's a lot of people that care about what happens to you um we're not we're not on here asking for money things like that we're we're on here we're giving so that that people have an opportunity to to come home to you know why i come on here so that I can get filled up for the to get through the next week. <laughs> yeah, nice. And when you, and when you when you come on here, you and I have a little. You know, we have some fun together. You and I. We do. But when you come on here and I listen to you, I I'm sitting back here going, "This guy is a blessed son of the Most High God." Oh. I think about that. Well, as my brother. Well, you I'm are so, too. I'm so bro. thankful for you for all of you guys. Thank you. Really, because this is not just some kind of thing where everybody was thrown into a washing machine and all of a sudden we're all here. No, this is no, something I just, that started a while. It's all, it's all Greg's fault. <laughs> I just, you know, I just feed off of you guys, really. I mean, I feed off of you when you start preaching, I go crazy. And then when Bob starts talking about end time stuff, I start going nuts on that too. It's like, I, it's like you guys just get me motivated to like talk about things that, that are, that hit me every day. And I got to tell you, I mean, I, I just feel like if I was if I didn't come to these things, that I that I would have a much more difficult time every week. Well, look, why not? With that being said, let's get Kevin motivated. Get into some of these questions that we have, Greg. Oh, <laughs> right into the questions. Are we going to start with Chester? Sure. Why not? All right. Why not? Oh, you're pulling one up. I, I well, imagine he sent me a few here. But yeah, uh, go ahead. Starting this off started, really good. Let's see here. Did uh see it. What kind of time frame? What kind of what kind of time frame do you have for twenty twenty two to twenty twenty nine, if the rapture doesn't happen? Ah. Well, if the rapture doesn't happen, I highly doubt. <laughs> Basically, we're going to look, look out, at another look the seven sequel. more years. <laughs> another seven more years of building up to the seven year tribulation, because we're not here for the seven year tribulation. Look for That's basically what's going to go on there. So that would mean that I was wrong about the Shemitahs, and we have another seven more years to go. And, and if that was to happen, and I'm sure the Lord will eventually show us why there's another seven more years. But I have not seen that yet. That data has not come up yet, so I can't make that call right now. So I'm making the call the way I see it. The data indicates that the seven tribulation begins at the end of next month. Well, let and me give you a follow-up. Let me give you a follow-up, Bob. Mm -hmm. Is it so? Are you saying that it's not possible that the Shemitah could could start in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, or twenty seven, or twenty eight? That it has to be 
2022 and or 2029? 2022 is a Shemitah because historically... You're 100% I, I, sure that's that's the case. And it's not anywhere between 2022 and 2029? What? The, um, you mean the, the start of the Shemitah? The, the start of the Shemitah is absolutely on 2022 and it can't be on 2023 through 2028. Yep. I absolutely believe that. Because uh, historically, if you go back over the last 100, 200 years, uh, historical events have always taken place on the Shemitahs that align with every seven years going back from from uh, 2022. For example, okay. uh, 2015, there was an economic crash in China, global economic crash that led to a crash here in America in our stock market. 2008, uh, stock market crash once again. 2001 was the uh, crash and also the uh, 9-11 attacks that changed the whole world, and we became a globalist nation. You know, a lot of stuff began to change going forth from that point, mm-hmm. you know, and just going backwards from that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so, um, but what you're also not saying is that if if that if we do not get raptured prior to September 27, 28th this year, that it doesn't mean that we have to wait seven years for the rapture because there could, there absolutely could be a time between the rapture and the beginning of the 70th week, which would start on the, the uh, Feast of Trumpets or Day of Atonement, if it's a Jubilee year, on yeah. the start of the next Shemitah cycle. But there right. could be a gap between the rapture so that we don't, it doesn't like we have to wait seven more years for the rapture. Mm-hmm. We could actually be raptured the next day, and it could be seven years before the actual 70th week. Right. Are you guys veering away from the imminent of uh, return or rapture? Are you are you veering away from that more and more? Or are you just are you just basically no. spe- speculating on the certain feasts, feast days, and whatnot? Because we still believe in an imminent return for the most part. Yeah, I mean, when yeah, we, I we're talking about the feast days, we're mainly talking about the, the 70th week of Daniel, not the not necessarily the rapture. Now, we're not saying that the rapture can't happen right. on one of those feast days. We're just saying that that we that what we from what we've seen is that the 70th week lines up with those feast days. Mm-hmm. But the rapture doesn't necessarily have to line up with those feasts. Right. Okay. I just want to clear that up for the audience yeah. too because sure. people will say, "Okay, well, there's you know, they're saying it, it's not going to be him, and we have to wait for a certain period to happen. But well, that's not the well, case here. If you guys will know a technical thing, um, Paul was not approached by Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus mm-hmm. until halfway through the next Shemitah cycle. Mm-hmm. After, after uh, from 20, 27 AD to 34 AD, all right, and then the next Shemitah cycle went from 34 AD to 41 AD. Paul was approached by Jesus halfway through that next meet the cycle. Okay. Of course, if that was the case, that would indicate a mid, a mid trip rapture, you know, right. but I don't think that's going to be the case because the problem is with that. And I thought about that too. Honestly, I thought, you know, I was like, what if it was a mid trip? Because I'm thinking to myself, how are these people getting saved when the revelation 14 angel doesn't start preaching until that image starts speaking. Mm. Okay. They start preaching uh, when the image starts speaking midway through the tribulation. The Revelation fourteen angels starts. Hey, don't listen to that image. Don't take the, the mark. Angel, 
if Revelation 14 Angel started speaking about that image, that image hasn't been created yet, everybody everybody be confused. Well, and you do have way through. Well, you but do have um, you do have 144,000. You also have two witnesses that are going to be preaching the gospel during that period of time as well. Yeah, well, that's the other thing too. The Lord showed me is like, look, Bob, you're not going to be here because I have two witnesses and 144,000 mm-hmm. preaching the kingdom gospel. Right. You guys are going to mess everything up if you're here. <laughs> I have to take you out of here. Okay, I so I was like, a, that makes sense. <laughs> well, I think it's the one thing, Greg. We we definitely need to clarify, which is. All of us here believe that the rapture takes place prior to the 70th week of Daniel. Yeah. Right. And we, and, and we also have an inkling that the 70th week of Daniel lines up with the, 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 the fe- fall feast to the fall feast in order to fulfill those fall feasts, which have not been fulfilled yet. That Jesus fulfilled the spring feast. Pentecost was the, the next one in the late spring. And then the fall feasts are still yet to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Good. So, Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes sense. Yep. And it has not, to not to you, to our audience. <laughs> it has to fall within the confines. I know it makes of, sense to you, Greg. <laughs> it has to fall within the confines of a seven-year Shemitah cycle. Okay. It has to fall within those confines. So, right. you know what? Why don't we discuss this over here in October? Okay. That's a good idea. Why don't we just well, do that? Thing, like, even if we're here, though, but the point is, Bob, is that even if we're here in October... We don't believe that we have to wait until seven years in September in order to be raptured. Mm-hmm. That the rapture could happen in in October. That the rapture yep. could happen in January of next year. Even if we, even if this isn't the Shemitah cycle, and it's the next Shemitah cycle for the tribulation. That right. there could there could be a gap, and there's actually many scholars that actually believe there is a gap between the rapture and the beginning of the tribulation. And that, like, for example, Bill Salas just came out with a, um, an update this week regarding that. And, and he does actually believe that some of those wars that are talked about, like Psalm 83 and uh, Jeremiah 49, even Isaiah 17, could happen between the rapture and the start of the tribulation. Yeah. Yeah, we can, we can go into uh, the next uh, Shemitah cycle. And that tribulation may not begin to 2029. And during that time, we could be taken out of here in October, November, December. You know, uh, Jesus showed up to Paul outside of the feast days when he showed up. We showed up to him on the road to Damascus. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, but here's the other thing interesting about yeah. Damascus. It wasn't so, a remember, feast day, was it? Remember, we were talking about that last week, uh, Kevin, when we got mm-hmm. done. We're talking yeah. about Damascus, the destruction of Damascus and how yeah. the kind of ties to the rapture. You know, if Paul was if Paul was to continue with his raid on Damascus to kill every believer there, he would cause it to be he would cause it to cease from being the city. Mm-hmm. He would have done it because they're all Christians there. He right. would have fulfilled that prophecy. And Jesus said, I can't have you do that right now. I'm going to stop you right here before you reach Damascus. Okay. And it's something to think about is like Jesus stopped the destruction of Damascus that ceases from being the city, and, and you're all going to say, oh, Paul, what's Paul going to do? Go there and start knocking down buildings? No. If you kill everybody, there it ceases from being a city. You don't have to destroy the place. You just got to get rid of all the people there. Okay, no yeah. one's living there no more. Okay, and he would have done it. So Jesus stopped them on the road to Damascus and intervened at that point and, of course, gave him a change of mind, metanoia. Okay, he repented. Okay, and yeah. then at that point, paused it. 
everything, the destruction of Damascus, but something to think about. What if now, when Jesus takes us out here at the rapture resurrection, and then everything moves forward with the destruction of Damascus? Because Damascus is in the news an awful lot now. You know, so that could be another great indicator that when the rapture resurrection could take place right before, during, or quickly right after the destruction of Damascus. Isaiah 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought that was very interesting, too, that then somebody actually mentioned that on your channel in a comment and said, look, it started with Paul and, and, and Damascus, and it's going to this age is going to end with with Damascus. I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, certainly if Damascus happened and it was it ceased to exist as a city, we would certainly think that our redemption draws near at that point, don't we? Because we know what's next. I mean, it's all Israel pretty much after that, and the church is is, is gone. So, you know, if we do see Isaiah 17 actually be fulfilled, and we've talked about this before, Greg, that is that is definitely a good witnessing uh, talking point. <laughs> it's like, right. hey, look, it's so, written you know, here. And we have is, a lot already that we can. Yeah, we already have. Yeah, just add one more thing, right? You know, Paul, when... Uh, he was on the road to Damascus. This is the last thing I'll be saying tonight here. When he was on the road to Damascus, um, and I, uh, you know, the witness of Stephen had a, a huge bearing on his life, I believe, mm-hmm. because of his, the stand that he took. And, you know, Saul was consenting unto his death and all that. They had to, he had to be one that voted for, his, for him to be stoned. And uh, it was a different type of stone back then, <laughs> that's for sure. But um, as he was on the road to Damascus and then Jesus appeared to him and, you know, he changed. It, it, it says, and when there's a verse in there, it says, when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. Um, right. His eyes, the eyes that were opened for Saul were spiritualized. Mm-hmm. He had been blinded. His his mind had been blinded. He thought that he was doing God's will in destroying Christians. But he was shown that he was doing exact opposite of what he was gonna, now going to be doing for the rest of his life. Like Bob, you know, like Bobby just saying about the thing about Damascus. It's interesting because Jesus said, "No, no, <laughs> not right now." It's, it's not going to happen now. You're going to go out there and you're going to be my guy. You're going to be the one that's, you're going to hold forth my word. You're going to be winning people. You're going to be turning the world upside down, you know, and then you can see why so many of the people of that time were reluctant to invite him into their homes. I mean, are you going to invite some guy that just killed your family into your house or, but, Eventually, they started to do that, and things started to change. But how about the people that were around him on his on his trip? You know, it's interesting. You know, you never read anything about the guys that they heard. They saw no man, but they heard a voice or something. You, you just you have to wonder what it was like for Ananias when he went in there, and and uh, he said, "Brother Saul." You, you know, in the Eastern culture, you don't call a man brother unless he's your brother. You know that? That's an Orientalism. You don't go in there. You know, we we call each other brothers here a lot. But in the Eastern culture, you don't do that unless it's, you know, the Lord showed Ananias that, that Paul, that Saul, 
Paul was saved, that he was ready to be ministered to. He was ready to get his physical eyesight back. I mean, this stuff is, this is fascinating stuff. It really is. Because he was blind spiritually. I mean, he could see physically, but he was blind spiritually. Now he could see both spiritually and physically. And look what happened. The adversary had him working for him. And then God says, hey, guess what? I got a trick up my sleeve. Maybe not a trick, but I've got this up my sleeve. This guy is going to be out there. You can imagine Satan went, oy, oy, oy. boy, am I in trouble now because I have had this guy on my team and he's jumped, he's jumped ship and now I'm really in trouble and I'm going to try to kill him as quickly as I can. And all through his ministry, he tried to kill him. Mm-hmm. You know, who, amazing, who else's amazing. ministry did he try to kill from his very beginning? Mm-hmm. It was Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, the amazing thing about uh, Apostle Paul, when I hear these apologetics there talk about Apostle Paul in um, when they, you know, when they do uh, debates against Muslims for Islam, who who they think Apostle Paul was. You know, the fact of the matter is Apostle Paul was a killer of Christians. He enslaved the enslaved, but he threw him on prison. He was just ruthless. Okay, ruthless. So in order for him to do a complete 180, that just tells you, okay, this Bible is real. Jesus is real. It's all real. For somebody to do a 180 like that, where now he's fighting for his life because the people he used to work for want to kill him now. Right. Something had to happen to Paul that was absolutely incredible. Of course, we all know what that was. That should give you all faith. You know, it's not like some guy showed up, hey, hey, I got I got something to share with you about this Jesus guy. No, no, that that didn't happen. Revelation. The Lord showed up and face to face with Paul, mm-hmm. knocked him off his horse, scared the horse away practically, and the people that were around him, they were in great fear too because they could hear a voice, but they couldn't see nobody. Okay, so that just goes to show you right there. That should give you faith that someone like that got turned in a complete one eighty. And that's what they talk about in that. I was like, what could have caused a man to have such a change of heart, right. such an extreme yeah. bipolar change of heart? Yeah. Change that's of heart again. Metanoia. Yeah. People don't go from having everything to having nothing as on a, on a whim or like, I'm going to w- wake up one day and just give it all away. That's not, I mean, that's what he did, but he certainly he was on a mission to go kill Bob. I mean, he wasn't on a he wasn't on a mission to to find himself or to to think about the things that he's done in the past and reflect on that and hopefully do something about it. No, he was going there just like he'd done all the time, and he was going to continue on his mission. And that's when he met Jesus, and Jesus said, "Why are you persecuting me?" And that changed everything for him. Who would be a good modern day Paul? The chain, modern day Saul, who is perse- persecuting Christians, going after Christians, enslaving Christians, hating God. Well, not hating God, but hating Jesus and everything he taught. Kim Jong Un had them change. I'm thinking like someone like Hitler or someone Kim? that bad to make a big change like that. You know, well, the dictator of North big, Korea comes like out Kim. and he's gotten saved. And he changes that whole country around. Kim Jong Un, okay. Yeah. I could see that okay, he'd make a pretty good. I think Hitler's probably he's more of a son of perdition. But uh yeah, I'd say Kim Jong un 
Okay. He, he wants to kill everybody on the planet. So, so if he's watching tonight, look at Kim. You got to turn. <laughs> Alter call. Come on. <laughs> From your wicked ways. Come on. Alter call for yeah. Um. yeah. Paging Kim Jong-un to the altar. Yeah. Um, anyway, you guys, I, I'm going to – I'm going to have to, and it's been a blessing to be with you guys tonight. I, no, didn't, want to, I didn't want to just disappear and up here without well, saying that. You we know. all kind of want to disappear at some point, you know, but yeah, that's a, and, uh, not too far away. Not too far away. And it's been, it's been a blessing to be with you guys, Kevin and Bob and Craig always, always is. And pray you guys have a, what's left of the week is great for you. And, and uh, go Mets. <laughs> I just got mad at Chester. Um, right. Chester's like, are we not doing questions anymore? And I'm oh, like, okay. Chester, we just finished <laughs> the first. <laughs> yeah. no. Just yeah. learn some self-control, Chester. Relax. We're, okay. we're, we're good. We're, we'll continue God bless on you guys. With God bless you. Take care. Uh, you, take care. We'll continue on with the questions. All right. Relax. He asked the question right the here. free forum here. Chester asked, <laughs> what could happen if Republicans win the House and but they lose the Senate, probably be right back again. where we started. Is Hillary Clinton going to come into power and become the Antichrist? Well, the thing is, you got too many rhino Republicans, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't think much is going to change. I don't think any. Who, yeah, I mean, really, who cares? Yeah, seriously, who cares of who's in power or not? Really, at this point, at this mm-hmm. point, what difference does it make? As it told, that's a Hillary. That's a Hillary quote, by the way. Remember. At this yep. point, what difference does it make? That is, what point? What difference is it going to make? Really, let's, let's just say all the Republicans do get into power in both houses. What what's going to change? What's going to come know. from it in your life, Chester? That's going to be any different. And what, the fact that the, the, what the, good is going to come from it, aside from strong letters and and this and that? I mean, what, I mean, no, listen, nothing is going to nothing's going to affect the, the trajectory and the path. That, that the world is headed down, okay? Mm-hmm. No matter who's in power. Yeah, if you get Trump in there, he'll lead us to a new world order. You get the Republicans of Trump, yeah. he'll lead us to a new world order. You got Biden, Democrats, they're leading us to a new world order. You know, the, we're, it doesn't matter. We're going down the, we're going down the tank right now. We're going down Two the toilet right now. Two of the same you know, bird. Yeah, yep. I mean, what's the point? Two, yep. Listen, no matter how many, let's say a whole bunch of of good Republicans getting there. There's like people say, oh, there's good Republicans. Okay. There, there are some Christian, like born again, Christian Republicans. I don't know. If there's any born again, Christian Democrats, but I know there's a few born again, Christian Dem- uh, Republicans. You can tell by their, their, by their fruits, but they're, they're never going to be the ones who are actually going to assume any power. And even if they did, what could they do? They can't change things. I mean, they're not going to be able to change things. This is the point is that we, we really shouldn't be worried about that at this point. I mean, what we should be doing is continuing to talk about Jesus and talk about the difference between being saved and not saved, not the difference between a rhino Republican and a good Republican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think that, that it makes much difference between the two, to be honest with you. Sure, it's good, it's good to have good people in power because the, the Bible does say that when – well, it's that verse that says – that when the, when there's a good leader, the nation's heavy. When there's a bad leader, the nation mourns. Basically, right? I mean, that's what we're going through right now. The nation is struggling. I mean, we're going through poor leadership, so this nation is struggling. But 
this is the path that we should expect it to be on here at the end is that it's not going to get better is that it's going to get worse no matter who's in power. And even if the people were in power that we wanted to, they would probably change and they would probably become something you don't even want them to become. So I would say Mm -hmm. that, you know, it doesn't really matter Chester of who's in power at this point, because this this path, this, the train's not, not stopping. I think Annette says this all the time. It's like, this rapture train is not stopping. No, it's we are on this road, and it's not the road to nowhere. It's the road to the rapture. It's the road, it's the road to twenty twenty four. Is what it is. And you know everything that's happening around the world right now. You know the rapture has to happen because you have way too many things happening. Let's not forget about the fig tree generation. Let's not forget about the video I just put out. We got that four hundred eighty three year timeline coming to an end this upcoming twenty twenty two. I mean. You know, it's like, in the I guess the closer we get, you know, people can see, oh, yeah, I can see the rapture happening 300 years from now. But can you see it happening for sure three weeks from now? Can you boldly say that? Okay. Right. And that's where some people, you know, they get shy about it. But you know what? I don't know, man. I think there is just way too much. There's way too much evidence, way too much data that the Lord has led us all to. And... He's given us way too much information just to just let it fall flat on his face. That's the way I see it. Well, here's the other thing, too, Bob. We've talked about the fallen angels. And did you realize and did you see, like, this week, a whole bunch of videos and articles came out about how close, apparently, NASA and or scientists are in order to achieve close to light speed travel? Isn't that amazing that it happens right here at this time where it's like, oh, we could travel the stars super quick, just just shy of light speed. Well, I mean, all that's doing is setting up people to believe that these aliens who are fallen angels, of course, but these aliens have come from faraway planets. Because, of course, if we can uh, are almost on the, the cutting edge of almost light speed travel. Well, then they are more certainly more advanced than we are. And so, of course, they could have traversed across that and come here. I mean, it just makes it so easy for people to be deceived. Yeah, they could call light speed travel, but actually it's called interdimensional travel. Yeah, it's exactly right. You can interdimensional travel. You can go from here to the other side of the uh, solar system in like two minutes. But it's a you deception know, so like, to believe that it's it's a it, it's a physical space between here and there, and you can traverse it, and that's where they're coming from from other planets and this and that. That is yeah. a total deception. They right. are coming from the other heavenly dimension, and they're coming down onto the earth. Mm-hmm. That is, but that but you can see the setup continues, Bob. Like the, the yeah. setup continues that oh, we as humans can can travel almost the speed of light. Well, these aliens certainly could do that or more because they're certainly more intelligent than we are. I mean, the setup is right before your very eyes. And the fact is, like, just this last couple weeks, especially this week, they're really drilling into it now. Well, I mean, this is setting up for something. This is not going to just go away, Bob, like you said. I mean, this this is coming to a head. Well, you guys hear about the Silk Road Initiative? Yeah. Where, um, you guys hear about that? Where uh, basically sure. uh, come to find out the reason why we went to war in Iraq back in the 90s because Saddam Hussein found the body of Nimrod. So we wanted to go in there and get the body. And this is why uh, General Wesley said, well, hey, you know, the generals told him, hey, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? Don't know. 
No one knew why we we're going to war with Iraq. Oh, we're going to look for weapons of mass destruction. You know, there's so much confusion. There's so much cloudiness about that whole thing. They're just going in there, according to Stephen Bendenoon's uh, Pentagon sources, to get the body of Nimrod. Mm. And now they, they had the body. And then, of course, uh, Israel now has control of the body. I guess it's like a seven and a half foot person with two rows of teeth. And I guess uh, through CERN, they were, I guess they uh, met up with the spirit of Nimrod. And they're planning on trying to resurrect him now. Okay. And they're getting really close to all this stuff now. So the fact that you have that now, does that? do you really think we have another seven more years? Doesn't you know? seem like it. And, of course, that Nimrod, of course, will be the uh, son of perdition, the beast that comes up out of the sea. The Bible says he comes up from the bottomless pit. That, of course, is Nimrod, you know, who was, you know, who, does, is, who is to come, Nimrod. What's that? I said if he does have those set of, double set of teeth, that's like a trait of the Nephilim. I yeah. mean, that, and if he has like maybe six fingers or six toes, that's well, the same kind of thing. The thing about Nimrod that's different from the Nephilim is the Bible says he became a mighty became right, right. So he went from human to superhuman. Right. Now, you have Nephilim that were born Nephilim and humans that were born humans. What they're trying to figure out this whole transhumanism thing. So he's kind of like a hybrid. Humans, how do you get these humans to become mighty hunters? And, of course, mm-hmm. they knew they could find that DNA information in Nimrod because yeah. Nimrod went from human to a very powerful mighty hunter. Mm-hmm. He, changed. he went from human to, to a powerful Nephilim. That's what the technology they're trying to find right now. And I think some of the technology they found, and they stuck it in those shots that you put them in your arm. And so they're replicating, that, um, they're replicating that change then? Yeah. And that's why everybody got the... And they want to create this whole, like, you know, whole new transhuman... World. That doesn't sound good. You, did you notice also this week that the, that uh, graphene started becoming mainstream? Really? No, I didn't see that. Ah, that's crazy. Just this week, yep. they mm. just started to really get um, out there in articles and mains in more mainstream articles that hey, what's this black substance that's in these things? Like, wh- why are these blood clots happening? And then they're like, oh, these aren't blood clots because there's not iron. There's actually this graphene substance there. And so they're starting to discover these things. And it's it's becoming so obvious that this is definitely not something that's normal, that they can't hide it much anymore. Mm-hmm. You want to give another question there, Greg? Yeah, let's do that. And, uh, yeah, because we have a lot of questions here. We have something from email here. This was um, this is from Stephen. Uh, but let's see. But but, but 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 let's just be clear. It's not the mark of the beast. There's no worship being involved. There's no beast. So don't. It's just if you t- if you took it, it's the, you're not doomed to hell forever. Don't worry. Right. Okay. You do not believe in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Since a man who is a bishop or pastor is not supposed to be a. Uh, striker, does this mean a pastor or deacon can't be trained in martial arts or be in combat sports like MMA, UFC, boxing, etc.? For Kevin or Bob Barber? Okay, um, I have a question that that's uh, basically you want to know if a believer can learn martial arts. Yes, you can. You can learn martial arts as a believer. Yes, you can. You can defend yourself. 
So is that the question? Hey, you know what? Yes. Yeah, that was part of the question. And can you become like a UFC or a mixed martial arts arts fighter? Uh, well, if the Lord calls you to do that and you become a witness um, to Christ Jesus, I, he could he could choose that. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. He's, he's, oh, chosen, he's tr- chosen stranger things in the past. Yeah. <laughs> like a right. donkey, for example. <laughs> Another one from Galia. Yeah, we have. um, I was wondering if you guys could address this question. When does the everlasting gospel begin to be preached in the 70th week timeline? I would really appreciate this. I really appreciate the videos. Super encouraging. The everlasting gospel is preached by the Revelation 14 angel. And it says, from this day forth, blessed are those who die from this day forth. Revelation chapter 14. Verse uh, six, you could probably pull it up, but uh, that is the everlasting yeah. gospel. The kingdom gospel is also preached by the uh, um, the two witnesses and also the 144,000 the first three and a half years, right? Okay, so yeah, great question. Um, this yeah, angel is basically making one last round to everybody on earth to preach in their in their native tongue from the sky. And they're and he's basically saying, you know, this is the God, this is the gospel, and do not take this mark. If you die from this day forward, uh, then you're blessed. And so, I mean, it really lays down like this is the final stand. That if you take this mark, you're doomed. And if you believe the everlasting gospel and you die, you're blessed. Mm-hmm. And that's a that that is a big pro- proclamation when you consider it. And it's interesting too, is I never thought of it this way, because you're going to have the kingdom gospel preached by the uh, the two witnesses and 144,000, mm-hmm. and then this gospel gets activated halfway through, everlasting gospel. Now, the kingdom gospel is mainly for the Jews because it's 144,000, 12,000 for each tribe, uh, and then you have the uh, the two witnesses are also Jews. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think this is God's way, the everlasting gospel preached by the Revelation 14 angel is the uh, final gospel that will give uh, any remaining um, to the world. Gentiles, Gentiles a chance at salvation. Exactly. Okay, so yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm going to re- research that some more. I always thought that the kingdom gospel and the everlasting gospel are the same gospel, but technically the everlasting gospel doesn't start until the Revelation 14 angels start speaking, and it says from this day forth. Mm-hmm. Okay, blessed are those who die in the Lord from this day forth. Right, and that comes from that angel. So, and just and here's the other thing too, Bob, is that just because that those witnesses and uh, those hundred forty four thousand preached kingdom gospel gospel doesn't mean that a Gentile can't be saved during that period of time. Yep. I mean, it's just just like during the age of grace, Jews can be saved into the age of grace as well. So, mm-hmm. and and there are so uh, they don't have to do any special works or anything like that to get their salvation. There, 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 there is no Jew or Gentile during this period of time, is there? Mm. We are all saved. Uh, there, there's the, uh, under the under the age of grace, the same. And so, those who are preaching, getting preached to, are Gentiles at the beginning can absolutely be saved. Sure, just like at the end, with the angels go around to every tribe, nation, tongue, and so forth. Jews could be saved during that period of time. Absolutely, you know, God doesn't want anyone to perish. So yeah. he gives an opportunity for everyone to be saved during all those ages. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, gospel just means good news. So yeah. the good news is being preached at that point. Yeah, so God what kind of good news, news is it? 
it's not the same that's being spoken of right now during this age of grace dispensation. All right. So uh, someone asked, could we do communion together sometime? Um, we did that. I think we had considered doing that. Yes, well, we did it off. We did it offline. I think uh, that it should oh, not be done. I don't think we uh, should do a broadcast, a live broadcast of that. Uh, maybe at some point uh, we can do something where we go offline and maybe have a private session, a private webcast where we could all do that at some point. Uh, I don't. I don't believe we should be doing communion uh, in front of a wide public audience. Um, it's just one of those things that I, I believe the Lord has been showing me. Um, it would be nice to, but I think it should be done in a more private setting, not publicly. All right. Uh, let's see. What was the date of the resurrection? The date of the resurrection was uh, April 17th, 32 A.D. After, That's what I believe. But other, after two days, will other, he revive other people us? People have different dates. <laughs> in the third day, he will raise us up. And we shall live in his sight. Oh, you've okay. had enough of him, Bob, huh? <laughs> What's that? You had enough was, of that guy. <laughs> what? Which one? Uh, did you did you uh, get rid of the one that was? Wattachi yeah, I, I banned him. <laughs> Watch yeah, you know, yeah, I was on the cusp of doing it for a while. Oh, okay, got, yeah. We've got like, some satanic yeah. troll on here right now, so. Yeah, yeah. I was on the cusp for a while. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, there's one of those things where I've said, you know what, if if we can somehow convince this individual, listen, go to John chapter one. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. Jesus is God. I mean, come on. Um, but anyway, so he just kept it up. So I understand that. Right. All right, so. Uh, oh, this is someone who's asking for prayer. Sorry, but so, all right, we're going to have to put you on the prayer list. Sonic, yes, 720. Sonic 720 is on here every week. All right, we will put you on the prayer list. Um, all right, and question, Bob, what should oh, we say ooh. if they show up? And we're still here? Yeah, the uh, basically the IRS guys that show up. The illegitimate. Oh, the IRS guys. The How did you talk about the army. fallen angels? Yeah, the illegitimate uh, army that's here. Um, plead the fifth. Uh, they, no matter what you say, whatever you say to them, they're going to try to twist it, and whatever they can. They're going to try to find some reason to haul you away in handcuffs. Okay, so plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. They ask you a question. Plead the fifth. You know, and eventually they'll just leave you alone. And uh, don't let them into your home, okay? Don't let them into your home at all. In fact, uh, the best the best way to deal with these people, just don't answer the door. Just wait for them to leave. Okay, you can do that. That's your right. Okay. And uh, I recommend probably getting some uh, security cameras around your house, especially ones by the door. That way you can record them and stuff like that. That's what I do. So, Robin Masters says run. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> and do we think all of this is coming or going to Canada at some point, or something uh, similar? Don't, yeah, I mean, already don't you like, yeah, don't you feel like it's worse already in Canada? I mean, it seems like there's some things that are worse. Yeah, they already have. Uh, when they all when uh, Trudeau, when they help the truck drivers, if you donate a little bit of money, or if you went over there and bought them a pizza. They shut down your bank accounts and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, this is actually worse over there. It seems like that country is even more woke than the United States at this point, uh, in some respects. 
Um, yeah. I don't feel like that there's any more freedom in Canada than there is in the United States. Yeah, I think it's worse. But we're, we're quickly catching up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, but I think the point, I think the whole point is that the, the world is just devolving into this, this horrible mess that there's things you'd think that things would get better over time, like in terms of like because of technology and and things like that, that people could actually reason better because they could have more knowledge and stuff. But you know what? what what's actually happened is that there, there's been an apex and, 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 and it's like, a, you know, gone up slowly over time and then it kind of ramped up, it crested. And then now it's just like this this free fall. I mean, it feels like that that ride on at Magic Mountain that was called Freefall. That yeah. you'd sit there, you'd go up, and then they drop you, and then you're just like, I mean, the first like tenth of a second or twentieth of a second, you're kind of going, oh, wait a minute, something's not right here. And the next thing you know, like your whole innards are like out of your body, and you're like, uh, I feel way different. And then you then you realize. Uh, this ground's coming up on me quick. I I better hope that the brakes actually hit because if yeah. they don't, I'm going right through the ground. And and I think that's where this world is headed is that it would go right through the ground if Jesus didn't return. Right. Another thing too is um notice how the how fast everything is moving, how quickly how quickly they're accelerating with all the wickedness yeah. legislation and everything they're getting away with right now. Notice right now, though, that, that some of the stuff is getting slowed down, but not as much as it used to. That is because there is still a hand of restraint. There's a fence there. And right. here's the thing about it. I said this before. I've been saying this for 10 years, that they're going to push this thing more and more and more. You're going to have more enemies building up at the gate. And you're going to begin to notice that that gate is there more and more because it's holding back right. the enemy. And, and when that gate, and here's the other thing, is that eventually at that point, one of these days, that gate will be removed. And, yeah. then, and then they're going to be able to just and, – and, and I think about this. It's like as bad as everything is, there is still some restraint. But when the when rapture resurrection happens, you're going to look at this, what, the, the, the legislation that they are going to pass. It's going to pass so fast. Yeah. It's going to be like 100 times faster. Things are going to be passing so quick that these laws are going to be made to your demise eventually. To your, they're like, what? They can kill you for this stuff now? Where did right. that come from? Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's what's going to happen. And it's going to happen really fast because nothing's restraining it no more. Well, there's also less of us, too, because, I mean, it says the falling away must come first for the Antichrist. And we know that that there's been a falling away and there continues to be a falling away. We've come on here with, with polls, percentages, all kinds of stuff that shows that, sorry, there are not more people coming to the faith every day. There, there are less, and it's that's just a simple fact, especially here in the West. Yes, there are conversions that are going on uh, all over the, the, the world, and even and more so in some countries, but certainly here in the West, man, we're, it is a ultimately a losing battle, and it is a losing battle, um, Greg, but not in the way that people think it, but it ultimately is a losing battle for, for those who want to keep their life to the death, and that is mm-hmm. because... Sorry, Christians in the in, in during the tribulation are overcome by the Antichrist. That's right. That, Revelation that 13. Is, that is absolutely 100% true. But blessed are those who are overcome by the Antichrist because they're overcoming the second death. 
good segue into this next question. Uh, when do the 10 days of trials for the Christians ha- Christians happen? Uh, so this is pretty much what's known as the, I guess, the 10 days of darkness, as, as some people, you know, in the, uh, I don't know why I'll say, but maybe conspiracy area are saying possibly 10 days of darkness, but we're directed to Revelation 2.10 for this specific uh, verse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, pretty clear cut to me anyway. Let's see if I right. can pull this up. So fear none of those things that shall you suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried and you shall have tribulation for 10 days. Be thou faith, faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. Yeah. Right. I mean, could so, this, could, could this be, could this be, could this been manifested possibly physically, you know, 2000 years ago by this church itself that actually had some people go through this or could it also mean that, for people in the future during the tribulation, when they get accused of certain things and stuff like that, that they actually get persecuted for ten days, and that they get uh, their you know beheaded on the eleventh on the tenth day or on the eleventh day, mm-hmm. is that is that a possibility as well? Yeah, there might be a law. There might be a law that will keep you for ten days. There might be some type of law. Yeah, because somebody is asking about the uh, the Sunday law and stuff like that. You know, that law comes after the rapture. Right. And the book of Revelations were written to the Jews who are in the time of Daniel's 70th week. In the book of Hebrews, it was written to all the Jews who are in the time of Daniel's 70th week. And that comes before the book of Revelation. Okay. Is it so, possible yeah, we, that they're trying to coerce, coerce you into worshiping the Antichrist or, or to re, re, rescind your, 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 uh, your belief in Jesus Christ during those 10 days? And then that's why it says, don't worry, I'm going to come for you. During those period of time, that period of time, and, and then you're yes, you're going to die, but you get the crown of life. Yeah, it might be a there might be something when they do the law when the Noahide laws come out, and that, I think that has something to do with the mark of the beast. That you know we don't know yet. The data's not there yet. We don't know. We but all I don't think that any. Life. But I don't think any of us believe that this is that this is set for us. This is no, like, this, this is not. prescribed for us. Do, Paul, do never warned us. Paul never warned no. us about this ten days. Yeah. That was not that was not our war. He said we'll have tribulations, but he never mentioned the ten days, be faithful unto death, and all this stuff like that. But <laughs> there are people out there that that are that call themselves in time watchers or whatever, and they call for a ten days of darkness that we are going to go through. But maybe, maybe but maybe that's maybe they're that the same the people that tribulation period. Trump rapture. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. that would that would make sense. As it would be the great tribulation period or time of Jacob's trouble. Yeah. There are tribulation saints. There, there are people who come to the Lord who, who come to the Lord after after the rapture. Absolutely. And they I mean, will only go through sense. trials, won't they? Yes, it only it makes sense. And they will be overcome. And so, but they get the crown of life for that. And that's that's awesome. Right. Amen. And as you stated, Revelation 13, you know, the, the Antichrist overcomes all the saints. So yes, he does. Where's the rapture? Where's the point? You know, where's the rapture then? If it yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, at what point are you, are you like? Okay, you're you're before the overcoming. Now you're the. I, it, it gets too messy, and and then yes. this whole thing about you know Bob is saying, hey, hold on a second, that's a different gospel. You know, I mean, we, we mm-hmm. God told told you, Bob, you'd mess it all up. That's <laughs> you right. personally, Bob, would mess it all up. I can't have that's, you doing that. That's, so we gotta take you out of here. <laughs> That's what uh, uh, Robert was talking about, Robert Hagen. You know, yeah. we didn't know that. We got servants and you have heirs. 
Well, right. we, we didn't know that because if you rightly divide the word of God, mm-hmm. you know that once, you know, when, when God deals with us, the body of Christ, we become sons and daughters, heirs, as the verses I told you. Okay. But then he deals with other people in different ways. And those are those who are, you know, the Bible says, about good and faithful servant, enter the kingdom of thy joy. Okay. So that's that's a different judgment. That's not our judgment. It, it is a judgment for a human being, but not this human being and not right. the human beings that are here. We have yeah. a different judgment. All right. Yeah. We have a different gospel. We have a different way to heaven. Okay. And that, of course, is uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Okay. And Amen. we're sealed until the day of redemption, which I hope will happen. And by the way, um, before we close out, Greg, mm-hmm. uh, everybody, if you're watching the show for the first time, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Rosh Hashanah on the day of uptime, uh, <laughs> Tuesday, the 26th or 27th? 27th. 27th. 27th is yeah. a Tuesday. Yep. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it's literally five weeks away. Uptime. It's getting interesting. Getting very interesting. Uptime. Uh, on the, think about. Are, are you excited? Uptime on the Feast of Trumpets, Bob. Think about how the prophetic that is, Greg. When when the <laughs> Lord gave you the title to this broadcast, Uptime. Because what happens oh, when, awesome. that, when that trumpet goes up? Goes off. It's Uptime. That would be amazing, Bob. Yeah. That would be amazing. And we're, don't don't. <laughs> Don't anybody quote us here, come back to saying, oh, they said this was going to happen. No, 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 no. We don't know. Come on. Let's come on, folks. All right. Let's reason. Speculation. Let's let us reason. Okay. We can get excited about a certain, you know, potential time, but it, it don't forget the imminency also of the rapture. Okay. We're not, we're not negating that point either. All right, folks. All right. So anytime. That's right. In season, out of season, right? Anytime, guys. Anytime, folks. So, yeah. Well, great. We should call this show Overtime. Overtime. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But you guys are awesome. Every week. (laughs) Thank you for your contribution, everyone online, on the chat, Uh, both also financial contributions to the ministries. Um, Thank you very much for that. You know who you are. Uh, And yeah, we're still watching, we're waiting. we're still praying for you. Please pray for us. You know, that's what we're here for. We want to get re-energized. I'm a little tired now physically, but, you know, that's, you know, it's been a long day. But uh, I'm glad we could get through this. And and and, and it's always a pleasure. It's always, always a blessing to come on here with you guys, really, everyone. So, Amen. All right. God bless you all. And uh, be the Lord's will. We'll see you next week. Amen. God bless.